would you believe it? I mean, really? Some story about Jesus appearing to a couple of second-tier disciples as they went home before any of the proper disciples had seen him? And what would he be like? What would he say? Where had he been? There are so many questions. Hi, welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart and I get to be the minister here. As we start to ease out of lockdown, the Kirk Session met recently and have decided to work towards reopening the church building for worship. We need to seek the necessary permissions and put in place all the safety procedures, but a provisional date to open for in-person worship is Sunday the 9th of May. If you are on the membership role, you should get a phone call from an elder very soon to ask if you would want to attend so that we can gauge interest and talk through what will happen so that you can make an informed decision about attending or not. Not all of you will get a phone call, so you can... Not all of you are on the membership role, so you won't all get a phone call. So here are the measures that will be in place. Attendance is limited by two metres social distancing, so we will have a booking system in place. You have to pre-book, you can't just turn up. We can fit somewhere between 24 and 50 people, but that depends on who comes and if people attend as part of a household or not. We will take your name and your phone number for track and trace. You must wear a face covering at all times. There will be music, but no singing is allowed at the moment. You will be shown to a seat. You won't be able to choose where you sit and there are no cushions on the seats at the moment. You cannot sit upstairs. The service will be almost identical to these video services. That means that they will last for a maximum of 30 minutes. At the end of the service, will ask you to leave straight away and not to gather and chat in the car park. It looks as though these social distancing measures will be in place for all of the levels in the new tiers, even level zero. So these rules for worship will be the rules for months to come. So we'll have more details about how to book and information about our safety procedures in the next couple of weeks and on the website. When your elder phones, please be honest about your intentions either to come to church or to continue worshipping with us online. These online services will continue even when the church is open for in-person worship. Don't forget you can leave all your thoughts and questions and also prayer requests in the comments and our online service is available in a whole range of formats. The easiest way to find all the links is to pop over to our website st-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk where you'll find all the links to our YouTube channel, our Facebook page and the links to all the places you can find the podcast version and all your favourite podcast apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify. You should even be able to ask Alexa to play the podcast of St Ninians Online. The service is also available on the phone for a price of a local call at 01698 755533 That's 01698 755533. Finally, there will be a family quiz on Friday the 7th of May at 7pm on Zoom. We'll post the links and details over the next few days and in the service next week. Let's join together in worship. This week I'm joined by Cameron who will read for us and Anne who will lead our prayers. Today's reading is from Luke chapter 24, verses 36b to 48. 
Whilst they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they had saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled, and why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and feet, as I myself touch me and see, a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and took it and ate it in the presence. He said to them, This is what I told you whilst I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so he could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for all forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. The first time Jesus appears to anyone in Luke's version of the story is on the road to Emmaus. Two of his followers, Cleopas and his friend, don't recognise Jesus as he walks along with them. But when he breaks bread, they see that it is Jesus. And then he's gone. They rush back to Jerusalem to tell the others. But can you imagine hearing the story? We were just walking along and this stranger appeared and we started telling him all about what had happened to Jesus and he talked to us about the scriptures. And when we got to our home, he was going on further. But it was almost dark, so we invited him in for a meal. When he broke the bread, it was like, it was, well, well, it was Jesus. So where is he then? Well, he vanished. And that's where the story falls apart, isn't it? You can just imagine the prosecutor in a courtroom turning and smiling at the jury. He just vanished. No further questions, Your Honour. That's the context of our story today. A sketchy story about a meeting with a stranger who turned out to be Jesus and who vanished as soon as they recognised him. The disciples who heard this story are still in the upper room, wondering what on earth to do and wondering what to make of Cleopas' story. And Jesus appears. He's right there, all of a sudden, in the midst of them. Peace be with you, says Jesus. And they're terrified, scared out of their minds. And who wouldn't be? Peace be with you. The Hebrew word is shalom. As with most words like this, shalom means so much more than peace be with you. Shalom means peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness. Shalom means reconciliation with God. What greeting could be more appropriate in these circumstances? All that denial and betrayal, all the hurt and guilt and loss and shame, all of it put aside. Shalom. I was listening to a podcast from Carrie Newhoff the other week. The topic was how we change our minds. Adam Grant was his guest. He's an organisational psychologist and a writer. And as part of the conversation, he asked Carrie about his preaching style. Because there's an assumption that's kind of baked into preaching. That most of the people listening to a sermon like this already believe in Jesus. You're not really trying to change anyone's mind. It's more about explaining or opening up. Opening something new. Or is it? It turned into a great conversation as they explored together the ways in which we all have things that we believe and stuff that we don't. And of course... 
the things we try hard to believe but struggle with. They talked about how you engage with people who hold problematic views, despite all the evidence to the contrary. One of Carrie's preaching tips was to always try to anticipate the objection. So when he's writing his sermon, he'll be mindful of the points people will be thinking, yeah, sure, but that didn't really happen. Or, but that's not what I've been told that means. He noticed that when you make a point that raises some of those kinds of questions, people get stuck there with their question. They don't hear the next bit. Carrie has found that even just acknowledging those questions as they arise helps people not to get stuck there, but to follow on to what comes next, which is often the answer to the question, but people don't hear that because they're stuck. He'll say, sure, I know what you're thinking, but go with me in this because there's something helpful coming along in a minute. Or as Jesus would say, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your mind? Look at my hands and my feet. It's I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones, as you see I have. Don't get stuck on this bit. It's one of the biggest questions about the resurrection, isn't it? What was Jesus like? Is he a ghost? Is he flesh and blood? This is one of these stories that's an account of what happened, but also an encouragement for all those who were not in the room, like you and me. Luke wants to answer the questions that we get stuck with. And this is a question that perplexed the disciples, the early church, and it's a question we are still puzzled by. What was the risen Jesus really like? Luke answers the question, flesh and blood. See, he even eats, ghosts don't do that. And that should be enough. But we still puzzle over things like, did Jesus have wounds or scars or was he completely healed? It's hard for us to wrap our minds around something so unusual. But when we get stuck there, we miss the next part. And the next part is important, really important. Jesus wants to listen to their questions and explain what has happened. But more than that, he puts it all in a much greater context. Understanding all this stuff is important. He takes them through the scriptures and points to all the things that they've heard before. But this time, he helps them to connect them all together to see where the story was heading, to realise that the conclusion, the Messiah, is sitting there among them. He helps them to rethink. And then he tells them this. This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. The story isn't over. This isn't the final chapter. It's not enough that the Messiah has suffered and had risen from the dead. There's more. So much more. I mentioned the podcast I was listening to about changing minds. That's what repentance means. To think again. To change your understanding. Repentance is important because this all sounds like too much, doesn't it? A dead man who's alive. That just doesn't happen. Resurrection is more than resuscitation. This is a story where flesh and bones are at the centre of everything. But Jesus is also more than that. He is God's son, fully human and fully divine. The big question for us, I think, is 
what does it mean to live in a world where resurrection is a reality? To get our heads around that, we're going to have to do a lot of rethinking, just like the disciples did. Perhaps one way to help us to understand is to see what happens next to the disciples. Because the reality of resurrection is as much about us as it is about Jesus. Luke was so interested in what happened next that he wrote a book all about it. Acts, the Acts of the Apostle, the sequel, part two, the what happened next. In chapter three of Acts, just weeks after this encounter with Jesus, Peter and John healed a man. And all right, the people couldn't believe it either. They couldn't understand how it could happen. How could two fishermen from Galilee heal a man? A man who'd been unable to walk for the whole of his life. Peter tells them, By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and know was made strong. It's Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. There it is. Witnessing. Telling the truth about what happened. Preaching the forgiveness of sins for everyone. Helping people to rethink, to repent. When people hear that resurrection is real, it allows them to think and to see things in a new way. To rethink. To leave behind some of the stuff that they've been carrying for far too long. To step into a new world where guilt and shame and regret and fear don't hold sway and don't have the last word. That's why resurrection matters. It matters to you and to me. Because resurrection changes everything. Let us pray. Life giver, we marvel at the makeup of our frail human bodies, entering the world as tiny helpless babes and growing slowly over the years, developing and changing in so many ways. Prone to illness and easily damaged, yet resilient and quick to heal given the right treatments. Jesus lived a human life. He knew exactly what it feels like to be hungry, to suffer pain, to laugh and feel joy. Through his life, his death, his resurrection, we see more clearly what it means to be human and what our role here on earth is. Lord, you have created people of every kind and each one represents a part of you. You have made some to make new scientific discoveries, some to explore the world of academia, some to govern, some to deal with business or finance, some to tend the poor and sick, some to assist the bereaved and the lonely, some to care for the abused and abuser, some to nurture children, some to guide the lost. For everything people need, you have created a person to fill that role. Thank you, Lord, for all the people you have created and for all they do to make our world a better place. Help us to be all we can, all you have made us to be, to follow and serve wherever you lead. Amen.
yourselves in the power of your spirit to shine your light in the way we live. Send us out in the power of your spirit as we've received, may we freely give. Send us out, send us out, send us out for your glory. Let all we do be praised to you. Send us out for your glory. Send us out in the power of your spirit to show your love everywhere we go. Send us out in the power of your spirit. Lord, fill us up so we overflow. Send us out, send us out, send us out for your glory. Let's only do be praise to you. Send us out for your As always, the collection for the local food bank is open from 1 to 2pm every Sunday at St Ninian's. But for now, may we go from here full of hope and joy. May we go from here knowing that through the resurrection we are forgiven, loved and free. In the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, go in peace, go in joy, go in love. Let